good. All the time and all the time. All right, let's get this together. God is good. And all the time. Amen. It's uh, good to uh, uh, be back with you today. I know there's uh, several that was going to come today, was not able to, and and uh, but I'm not here to preach to those or not, or those it is. Again, I'm here to preach to the audience of one, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Uh, you know, when we come to this place, uh, it's not just a meeting. It's a place of worship. Amen. And I think that any time that we come to the house of God, that uh, a lot of times, I know in my own personal life, I've neglected at times, but we come to worship Him. It's good to see people. Amen. It's good to see people you ain't seen in a long time. Uh, my dear brother, Mike, uh, literally love him like a brother. I really do. Uh, I'm prettier than he is, but God's good. Amen. So, uh, don't ask his wife that. But anyway... Uh, but, uh, you know, it's good to see people. We rode through the neighborhood. Uh, we stayed up in Olive Branch last night where we lived prior to coming here um, last night. Had a terrible meal. But anyway, God's still good. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, anyway, we rode through some of the community uh, this morning. And uh, uh, sad, I'm just going to be honest with you, sad. Uh, a lot of the houses have uh, uh, just in ruins, nobody living there. And uh, I remember so many times, I do know that every door in this neighborhood, across the road, down that way, over here, go down and take a left, not one was missed. <laughs> we knocked on every single door. Amen. To share the love of Jesus and uh and I noticed that even though some of those houses are not there, families are not there anymore, there's still families there. Amen? Maybe the next house or the next house. And uh, people do not get saved. I don't care what anybody says apart from the hearing the Word of God. Amen? Uh, and if they don't hear the Word of God, they will not be convicted of who they are in the light of who He is. And uh, we can't save anybody. Amen? We can't. I thought I used to could, but I can't. No one can. Only the Holy Spirit of God can convict and draw, and only Jesus saves. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something. He's still saving today. Y'all believe that? I'm going to share this. This ain't going to cost you a thing, okay? Uh, again, I'm glad to be here, and I told you uh, last time I was here, the greatest time that has been in my life was spent right here. Even till today, where we're at right now, I still uh, miss this place in the greatest time, the greatest blessing, and the hand of God was on us in such a way, and it hasn't been, I mean, God's blessed, but it hasn't been to the fact that it was when we were here, but last two Wednesday nights ago, uh, see, it's two weeks ago I was here, uh, that Wednesday, I'm just going to be uh, honest with you. Uh, I had a rough day at work. Y'all have them? Terrible day, okay? It, wasn't really, it was a terrible day. It was raining. And uh, anyway, uh, we have a kind of a routine. My daughter uh, drops the kids off on Wednesday. We have a uh, Pioneer Club, great children's ministry, by the way, 
don't take as many people as it does like with Awanas. Uh, teach more doctrine, uh, Bible drill books of the Bible than what Awanas does. And so anyway, it's a great, great uh, ministry. And our church just uh, uh, revamped it and restarted the church. And Well, anyway, so I called my daughter. I'm just going to be honest with you. I was just going to go home. Now, we usually, I go every Wednesday night. I still believe in going to church on Wednesday night. I ain't going to apologize for that. <laughs> uh, I don't apologize for a whole lot anyway, even when I'm wrong sometimes. Sometimes people have to make me. Nobody asked you anything, man. Anyway, God's good, amen. But anyway, I'm just saying that I didn't want to go, all right? And y'all can say whatever you want to say. I didn't want to go, wasn't going to go, and uh, uh, called Hope. And anyway, uh, long story uh, short, went ahead and uh, uh, went. I was late because I didn't want to go. Uh, the kids, uh, I can't remember if she dropped them off or I picked them up that night. But anyway, uh, so we got there. And after we got out of the service, went out into the truck, and J.C. and, and Holden and Allie. Allie's 11 years old. And uh, anyway, and every child, it's like with your own children, they're a little different, you know, in their personalities, the way they think. Some people are concrete thinkers, and others are rational logic, you know, whatever. And everyone, that's all three. I mean, they really are different in that way. And J.C. got into the truck, and she said, you know something, Papa? And I said, what? She said, baptism can't save you. And I looked around. I said, amen, I know that. Uh, I, I said, it can't. And she said, you got to believe. And I said, that's right. And uh, so we was driving down, and, and then Allie looked over at me with the funniest look. I mean, it was just funny. She says, uh, uh, Papa, uh, I said, what? She says, I want to be saved. And I just looked at her. First time she said that. We don't went through all the baptism stuff. You know, that's where kids start. And a lot of churches are very quick to baptize them. And 65% of baptisms today are re-baptisms. Did you know that? Uh, we got a lot of premature births <laughs> in the church. And anyway, uh, in no way we turn kids away. But a lot of time God's planting that seed. We shouldn't rush that. Well, anyway, we didn't got past that a long time ago. But anyway, and I said, why is that? We got out to the stop sign, 10 road, raining, miserable. She said, because if I die, I will go to hell. So they got to be lost before they can get saved. Amen? <laughs> and uh, so really, so I began to talk to her all the way to Mount Hope, and she would not leave it alone. And I was waiting, because Holden was back here in the back. I want to be saved. I want to be baptized. I, you know, he ain't quite there yet, but he's kind of got a grasp of it. But Allie's just sitting there looking at me like, you know, uh, I want to get this settled. You know, really did. And so anyway, we got to their house, and anyway, the kids jumped out. Guess who stayed in the truck? Allie. I prayed for her before she was born. While she was in her mother's womb. Pray God saved her. Praying even now that keep her close and send her a godly mate one day and uh anyway so while i was talking to her all that was coming back now who do you think was doing that god's still at work and so we sit there and, and i talked about repentance and what that meant and uh it's more than just acknowledging that you're a sinner by the way amen <laughs> 
and it's more than just turning from yourself. Amen. Repentance is turning toward God, and we need to teach people that. And so anyway, we went through that, and, and so after we got through talking, but, and I said, so maybe after this, just talking about it, what do you think? She said, Papa, I would go to hell. I want to be saved. And I said, well, all right, baby. I said, you just pray and ask Jesus to come live in your heart. By turning from your sins, acknowledge that you've sinned against him and that you need his forgiveness and that you want to live for him and be loved by him and love him. And I just started sharing with her. And she says, Papa, I want to make sure I say the right thing. I said, it ain't much about saying the right thing or the right words. It's about giving your heart to him. And so we talked about that. And she says, well, do you mind just leading me? I'm a little I'm real reluctant to do that today as I once was a long time ago. But she was just tears in her eyes, and I said, okay, baby. But I said, you gotta, got to mean it. And we began to pray, and the heavens opened. And God blessed. And she gave her life to the Lord right there in my truck. And uh, 11 years old, and I'm just telling you today, God is still saving Amen. And so just do remember that her mom was about her age when we were here. And uh, and I'm so proud of her. This past Wednesday night, I give you a single caution. I'm fixing to preach in a minute, all right? And uh, this past Wednesday night, they called for practice for my grandson. I do not believe in kids practicing on Wednesday night. But anyway, that's just my conviction, all right? I'm not a legalist, but when you got church, you committed to that ministry, that's where you need to be. And... Uh, so anyway, she told him that he ain't going. Do you know what he got, got? What happened? He played the full game the Thursday night after that. And you know what? When you put God first, God just takes care of it. Amen. Y'all believe that? Well, all right. I said all that. Good to see you. But we're fixing to get into God's word. I'll ask you a question today. And uh, I got some hard questions. All right. The the answer to these is only you can answer them. You can't answer them for me, and I cannot answer them for you. Are you living, or are you just existing? Or do you even know what the difference is? You know, a lot of people today are going through life just existing. Oh, yes, they're breathing, their heart's beating, all that. They're paying their taxes, and well, a lot of them are. But anyway, you know, they got all that going on in their life, and and, uh, I mean, going through the daily routines of life. And if you was to go up and ask them, say, are you living? Well, yeah, I'm living. No, that ain't what I'm asking. <laughs> see, a lot of people are just existing to live, and some people are living to live. Do you know the difference? Do y'all know the difference? You know, the Bible teaches that Christ is what? Our life. Y'all believe that? Now, we're going to reach over in the Old Testament this morning, and I'm going to parallel a few things with the New Testament. But I, th- I started thinking, I've been praying about where y'all are at as a church. I went back there this morning in the nursery, got down on my knees. That don't make me spiritual. It's just back here is where I used to get and pray. Then I would walk out and just see if there's anybody else coming in. And I did that. It's just it just come natural, I guess, as far as that point. But I pray this morning specifically for this service, that God will get a hold of you and get on you and do a work within your heart. But if you turn off the truth which you're going to hear this morning, 
It's like turning off the lights in this building today. And God wants to do a fresh work. Y'all believe that? I believe that with all my heart. And I want to talk to you on this subject today, Christianity Committed. Christianity Committed. If you will take your Bible, turn over to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I'm going to read verses 11 through uh, 20. And I want to just talk to you just a moment about choosing life. Now, people say today, well, if you go over to the Old Testament, that's Old Testament stuff. I want to tell you, this is just as much as gospel in the Old Testament as the New Testament. You say, ah, oh, you don't believe all that. You can't prove it. Oh, don't get me started this morning. <laughs> you know why? Because the same God wrote the Old Testament. It's the same God who wrote the New Testament. And the book of Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Do y'all believe that? The Bible says he is the great I am. And ain't nothing going to change or has changed or ever will change that truth to who God is. Amen. And I'm going to tell you today, God is still on his throne. Y'all believe that? I believe as much today in his word than I have ever believed. I believe that. I mean, I promise you that. But in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 through 20, we're going to stand for the reading of God's word. And I ask you again today, are you existing or are you living? If you would stand for the reading of God's word, not in reverence to me, uh, but in reverence to him. Y'all been sitting down too long anyway. But anyway, chapter 30, verse 11 and following. For this commandment which I command. Now notice who's given the command. Thee this day. It is not hidden from thee, neither is it afar off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word, now listen to verse 14. This is a key. The word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and where, church? And in thy heart that thou may do it. See, I have set before thee this day good Life and good and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land where thou goest and possess it. But in thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce unto thee this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall, excuse me, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passest over Jordan to go and possess it. And listen, verse 19. I call heaven, now this is God. I call heaven and earth to record the day, his word saying against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose. You believe man has a free will? Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And that live doesn't mean just to have breath or have a social security number, okay? 
means more than that. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, the length of the days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swore, swore unto the fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you again for the privilege and honor to be able to open up your word. And talk about your grace and your goodness and all that, who you are and that which you want to do in our lives. I thank you for the opportunity and privilege just to proclaim it. And I pray today, Father God, that you would hide me behind the cross and no one would hear me or see me. But Father, that we'd hear from you directly, from your throne. God, I believe with all my heart that your word never returns void. I believe what your word says that you convict every time it is preached. But, Father, sometimes people just choose to turn it off. For, God, your word tells us about an untoward people, a people who just turn off the truth when it is presented or is proclaimed in their life because it convicts them. It shows them where they're at and where they should be. And I ain't the one that does that, God. The church is not the one that does that. It's you, and that's a gift, and they want to count it a privilege. And I just pray, God, that your will would be done in this service today. Father, if it's someone here today has grown cold and indifferent to your word and your way and your will in their life, I pray this day would be a day of repentance. This day would be a day of turning back and rejoicing and finding that joy that only can come from you. Father, if it's someone here today that doesn't know you're your Lord and Savior, they've yet... To experience the free pardon of sin, I pray today, God, they would just open their heart to the truth of your word, that, God, you would do a great work in their life. And, Father, before they leave here today, they can know that their eternity is secure. Lord, we love you. It's your name we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Well, i got a lot to cover. This is a, this is a brand-new message, a fresh message. I used to keep notes and all my messages. Now I, I, I don't, <laughs> and uh, uh, as much some of them I do remember. Uh, but I was working on this this week, and I just prayed. And when I left last week, as I was crossing over the, or actually left here and even crossing over the bridge, God gave me the passage to which I knew I'd be preaching today. And uh, and it's just a lot of times when you see where people are at, God just does that. I'm not the judge or jury of that. God is, but I'm just going to preach what he wants me to preach. And so I began to study this week, and some things I began to think about as far as Christianity committed. I'm going to say this. Some of this you may agree or disagree with, and that's fine. Uh, and, and that's fine. That's okay. We all have got opinions. That don't make yours right or mine right, but we can agree on this. God's right. Amen? And you can't disagree on that. Uh, it's a fight. To stay committed. Uh, shouldn't be. We have the power. And the indwelling. And the sealing of the Holy Spirit of God. If you're a child of the King. Amen. Uh, he don't live afar off. He lives from within. Amen. And you can get. I still believe today. As much of Jesus as you want of Jesus. But that is on the basis of how much you're willing to submit. And surrender unto his will. As well as his lordship. And if you don't surrender to his lordship, then that means he's not lord of your life. But if he's lord of your life, I just believe you can get as much of him as you want of him. The question is, how much more do you want of him? Or how much more do you want to give of yourself? 
to him. God wants to do a great work. Amen? He does. And he wants to do it in the life of his people, but it starts within the heart. It starts where you're at right now. But I'm just going to be honest, in my own personal life, it is beginning to be a struggle a lot of times just to stay committed. Now, y'all going to judge me for that? You know what, I, I, I'm just going to guess this morning, uh, y'all probably have some of those same struggles. There's a lot of things out there that are pulling for us and distracting us. And it's so easy to become desensitized. And, and I'm, I'm not ever going to be tolerant, okay? Uh, I don't think. If I do, God take me home. But it is, I have found in my own life that so many times I have grown cold, uh, somewhat indifferent, and still going to church. Still staying committed, still honoring my commitment, still giving, still praying, still going through some of the routines. But I'm telling you, existing in Christianity and living out your Christianity are two different things. It really is. And I tell you, as I begin to think about that, some of the things that I battle with, and the scripture teaches it, one of the biggest for me is the lust of the flesh. Ooh, y'all aren't going to say anything? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? We battle with that in many different ways. And it ain't just, I know what some of y'all think, it's just looking at women. That ain't all what the lust of the flesh is. Amen? It ain't. Eating is a lot of different things. But then there's the but we do battle with those things. The lust of the eyes, the Bible talks about. That comes in many forms and fashions, does it not? It does. The pride of life. All those things we struggle with and we battle with every day of our life as a Christian. Paul even said, even in his own words, I find myself doing the things which I wish not. Why did he say that? Because even at times in his life, he struggled. Even the Apostle Paul, do y'all believe that? No matter if you believe or not, because God, that's what his word says. He said it was a war going on within him. And that is every day of our life. If we don't confront that, acknowledges it as such, what happens is, and I wrote some of these things down, we begin to build our life on false realities. We really do. Sometimes even an idol, false dreams. I don't believe there's nothing wrong. I used to dream a whole lot. Uh, but if your dreams don't line up with what God's word is, and more as such as a goal, it ain't going to happen. All right. But I'm going to tell you another thing I believe that most people I see today, and I've even found it in my own life a lot of times, and it sneaks in. It really does. And you find yourself there. If you ever said this, how do I get to where I'm at right now? I have. At 53, if it'll be 54, I still do it today. I do. Shouldn't, but I do. But I think the biggest thing is that I see people are building their life on substitutes. More than anything else. Give you an example before I get into this real quick. You remember over in the New Testament, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things which I say? You remember that? It's really a praise of offense. Well, you're Lord, but I don't do what you tell me to do, then how can you be Lord? That's just a question. Maybe you don't answer that for me. It's actually a praise of offense, if you think about it. He says, I'm going to show you to whom this is like. He says, one that comes to me, seeks me, prays, and those things. If you read that passage of Scripture, he's like this. He's the man who's dug deep. He dug deep enough that he found the rock. Remember that passage of Scripture? I forgot where it's at. Luke 6. Luke 6. 
Anyway, when you read that passage of Scripture, it says the storms came that beat vehemently or fiercely, strongly. But guess what? That house stood. Why did that house stand? The foundation was in Christ. Amen? That's where our life is. But that other one, he didn't go deep enough. You know, a lot of times we make a lot of excuses for people today that are not in church. And I'm going to go and get on this soap wagon real quick. And I'm just going to tell you what I think. Now, this is Scotty Bracken's theology. But I'm going to tell you something. We know that pastor says, well, they're not of us because they're not among us. That's what the book says. Amen. We make excuses for people that's been out there for years and years or ever. Now, people backslide. Backsliding is just walking by yesterday's life. It could be a week. It could be a year. somebody mad. I may offend somebody if I call them what they actually are. Even if you're tactful with grace in that, they tell you today you should not do that. Well, I'm telling you today, a sinner is still a sinner. Amen. In need of a Savior. And ever how that falls, it just falls. And the problem is today, people are building their life on substitutes and not the Savior in His unchanging Word. And people are today are just existing and not living. I thought about this, the attitude. And when we look at this passage of Scripture, I'm going to go through the passage of Scripture quick, but I'm building my case. You're a lawyer, right? <laughs> I'm building my case, all right, and then I'm fixing to argue it. There is a, now I worked hard on this, all right. There is a irrational behavior today in this land. Oh, it ain't wrong to sleep with whoever you want to sleep with, even if it's the opposite sex. Well, you can change your sex to sleep with the opposite sex to which you thought you was to which you want to be. Ain't that crazy? Crazy. I'm just telling you, those those thoughts don't cross my mind. <laughs> Kill babies. Oh, that don't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, the behavior. Look at the protests and the things that are going on in this land today. The least little thing, people get rubbed wrong and they protest ever. I mean, you got the tree huggers out there as protest. I mean, listen, I, don't, I ain't going to get into all that, all right? But you got a lot of stuff today, the behavior of this land. I mean, it's just chaos. But even in the church today, Claiming to be under the cross and living by the cross. <laughs> living in a way and saying, you know what? Uh, it doesn't matter if you do this or do a little that as long as you're saved. You know, preacher, once saved, always say, well, I believe in eternal security. But it ain't a license to sin. Amen? It ain't. 
irrational behavior, irreverent frivolity, I can't even pronounce the word, irreverent frivolity, which means this, no seriousness. Everything's got to be fun. There's a lot of churches that are operating that way. In our children's ministry, can I ask you a question? In our youth ministry, adult ministry, we've got to find a way to make it fun. If we don't, they ain't going to come. And if they do come, we got to keep it fun that they can come back. Can I ask you a question? Y'all know me for real. When did Jesus stop being a man? When did Jesus just stop being enough? I preached a message in our association. I do remember this one. When did Jesus stop being enough? Can you believe we I had four or five pastors that really got mad at me and did not want me to preach at the association no more because they just didn't agree with me. I didn't ask them to agree with me, but I asked them. I wouldn't ask a couple of anything I say that was not in the Word of God. They couldn't find nothing. <laughs> Jesus is still enough. Amen. I believe that. Irresponsible pastimes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, boy, it's a lot of that going on. I looked this up. Uh, some of it I knew. Some of it I forgot. Uh, how many minutes are in a year without Googling it? 525,600 minutes. 8,766 hours. Over 31 million seconds a day in just one year. And the Bible says to redeem your time that you've been given. I looked it up. I did the calculation, the math on it. Yeah, I can add and I can subtract. 464,509, possible, can't read though, 564,986 hours is what I've lived up to today. That's how long I've lived. I ain't going to live that many hours. Not on this side of glory. I'll never reach that again. I ain't going to live to be no 108. I'll be lucky to live to be 80. But I want to tell you something today. Every minute and moment that we have on this side of glory, you better count it precious. Your pastime and everything that you do, there's nothing that's wrong with having good times and having fun, things like that, but they have their place and time that Jesus is to be first in everything. In Deuteronomy here, we know the passage. Moses is fixing to pass the baton of faith off to Joshua. And this is what I call a reality check. He's beginning to share prior to this all the blessings of God. Now, there's 15 verses for that. But if you pick up after that, it's like 40-something verses about the, the cursings of God. And I went through and I read all of them. We're not going to read them this morning. But I want you to do something for me uh, this week. Go back. To 28 and read up to this chapter. Read all the blessings of God and all the cursings of God and just see where you're at. And you say, well, these are not relevant for us today. Well, that, that would be a lie. Uh, they are just as truthful today as they was then, and I'll show you that in just a moment. But as he begins to share this passage of Scripture, my question is this. I'm going to be very quick with this, all right? I bought my phone up here this time. I was going to try to get you all out by 12, and I'm going to have to work hard, all right? Y'all have to give me 1205. All right, come a long way. Who are you right now? Who are you 
right now, this moment on this date in time. Are you the person who is living as a person under the blessing of God? Or are you living as a person under the curse of God? I can't answer that for you. In this passage of Scripture, it says, For this command which I command you this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off from you. You know something? Being under the blessing of God or having the blessing of God is a reachable truth. That's what he's saying here. He said, listen, it, it ain't hidden from you. Uh, it ain't far from you. And he goes on even in verse 12. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say who shall go up to heaven or, or bring it to us that we may hear it or do it. Or is it beyond the sea? No, it's not. We know that. That's what he says in this passage of scripture. I'm not saying as he's saying this. And so when you look at this, he said, where, where is it? It's a reachable truth. My grandson, Graven. Uh, and by the way, he's adorable. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I killed somebody over him. I'm telling you, I would. Uh, but anyway, he, he he's a mess. But he'll be out there at the house, and he'll see something up on the counter if we're eating something. If it's peanuts, especially, he loves chocolate M&Ms, all right? I don't give him a whole lot of them, but whatever you really, anything you've got in your hand, he loves, all right? He'll just eat anything. He's like little Mikey. Anyway, y'all remember that commercial? Not this big Mike. We call him big Mike, little Mike. But anyway, long story short, he'll sit there and do this. What is he saying? Now, he can't talk. He just started walking. <laughs> I can't reach it. <laughs> Give it to me, all right? You know, it's a lot of Christians living their life like that. Why? Why? We have an inheritance. <laughs> We have the riches of an inheritance. Did you know that in Christ Jesus what the book says? Y'all believe the book, right? So what I do, I pick him up in my arms and I give it to him. And guess what? He'll like it, boy, and boy, he'll give me a hug and, and all that. And I don't have to give him candy to get a hug, okay? But still, he'll do that. You know, that's what God does. When we look to the Father and we think it's just out of reach, and we say, I know it ain't, God, because I know you can do it. In my life, and we reach to him, he reaches us, and he picks us up. Our God. I don't believe that. I believe in our Father, who art in heaven. And I'm telling you, he'll grab us, he'll pick us up, and he gives us that which we need to do the things which he wants us to do for his glory. And we do that, we find joy, we find peace, we find assurance, and we see the magnitude of that lived out in our life. And as we do that, guess what? We're not a person that's existing, we're a person that is living. Amen. Too many people don't even know who they are in Christ. That's a shame. Been in church for years. Don't know hardly anything about doctrine or truth. But they know everything else. It's a reachable truth. But not only that, it's a real truth. If you go on in this passage of Scripture, there in verse 14, But the word is very nigh unto thee, thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou may do it. Uh, that thou may do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good. He didn't say Satan said this. He also said death and evil. God. I'm going to tell you something about God. He's sovereign. And the more I try to figure him out, the crazier I get. 
I don't have the capacity within my mind to understand fully who he is, but thank God he gave me the capability to accept it by faith. Amen? <laughs> it's a real truth. It's not an imagination. It's not a wish. It's not the wish of winning. You know, I've never bought a lottery ticket. I never have. But I'm going to tell you something. The other day I was tempted. They don't sell them in Alabama, but I was tempted to just drive over Tennessee, and I said, I'm going to make it spiritual. I'm going to buy seven. <laughs> but I didn't. I did not. All right, I didn't. Uh, I got a lot of friends that do that. I'm not condemning them. I'm not judging them. I'm not justifying them either. But I, I pray God would kill me if I do it. Now, that's just my conviction, all right? And I didn't want to quite die yet. So anyway, uh, but anyway, I got a lot of friends that do. And again, I'm not judging or anything like that. But so many people are living a wishful, imaginative life thinking this is going to happen, this happen, or this may not happen. You sit back on your keister all day long hoping something might happen. You can get up off, off of it, read God's Word, pray, and just believe it. Amen? Too many Christians just sitting in the seat not doing nothing. And again, this Lawrence County talks come out with some of this, but it communicates enough down here. I believe the Word of God. It's still infallible. It's still in there. I believe that it's still inspired. It's inexhaustible. It don't change. And I'm telling you, I believe that till the day I die. Amen. I told God to kill me, take me home, if I ever for a moment quit believing that. And I'm in it. I'm in it. Oh, do I have questions? Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> Believe me, I do. Uh, and sometimes I've questioned, how does this pertain to me? But it don't change the fact of who. Y'all believe it's God breathed? Y'all believe that? I do. You know there's 40 different writers that lived on three different continents in the Word of God that lived at different times, compiled this book together under one author. Amen. <laughs> And I believe that. People come up to me, I don't believe the words. I love it when they ask me that. I'm just me. That's me personal, all right? Because I take them to the internal evidence of God's Word. I take them to the external evidence of God's Word. You need to know a little bit about God's Word. Amen? Uh, it's origin. Amen? Which starts with God. If you go back and study, you can sit there and break somebody down. Just tell them, can you see the air do you breathe? No. Well, do you breathe it? Yeah. Why? Duh. I mean, it's a lot of things we can't see or even understand. Listen, I do electrical work all the time. I still don't understand it, but I know how to do it. Amen. I want to tell you something today. God's Word is true. You bank everything in your life on it. I bank my little grandchild, my first one. Whoa, glory. Amen. My first one. When I prayed for her in her mother's womb and just believed that God would save her. You know why? Because that's what God's Word tells me to do. Secondly, who do you want to be? Some of y'all want to be like some movie stars, don't you? <laughs> it ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I used to want to be like Chuck Norris. Duh. See, that's, that's a dream that ain't going to ever be a reality. See what I'm talking about? Why do I want to be like him? He's a bad boy. <laughs> Who do you want to be? Do you want to be a child of blessing or a child of cursing? I don't see nobody raising their hand for the child of cursing. I want to be the child of good. <laughs> Experience his goodness and his graces and his mercy and all the love. Oh, yeah. But do you want to line your life up 
with the word of God in a way that assures that blessing. See, that's the difference. I don't know anybody don't want to live under the blessing of God. I'm going to tell you something. You read the rest of this passage, and then I'm fixing to close. Listen to me very carefully. You can't experience God's blessing unless you walk in his ways. You can't do it unless you keep his commandments. You can't do it without praying and loving him. And learn to be loved by him. You can't do it without understanding of repentance and what that means to walk with him daily. To take up your cross and walk with him daily. You cannot live under the blessing of God unless you do that. You read the rest of this passage. I'm not going to take time to get into the rest of it. But as you read it, he said, I command this day, love the Lord. Walk in his ways. He's keeping fellowship with him. Keep his commandments. Live by his word, his statutes. There are still standards. Amen? Even ethical. Do you believe that? There is judgments in his righteousness. When you read this passage, it goes on, that thou mayest live and multiply. It don't mean to have another day just to breathe air, church. It means to live in his way, for his glory, for his honor. We need to be a people that are loyal to him. <coughs> Our God is a jealous God. He ain't willing to share you with nobody. Amen. But, if you turn away <laughs> and begin to worship other things and serve, he said, I announce unto you this day that I surely, you surely perish and you shall not prolong your days upon the land whether thou passest over Jordan or possess or not. Now, I know the context is, is, you know, they crossed over. You know the whole story when they crossed over from the Red Sea and, and they got over there. Moses went up the mountain and that golden calf, I don't know how it got, that's what Aaron said. He didn't know how it got up out of the fire, you know. But anyway, they begin quick to go back to what they knew, what they had been impregnated with in their mind while they was in Egypt. While Moses was up there, he come back. And you remember, he broke the stones. You remember that? He got mad and broke the stones. But if you go later in the book of Exodus, the next time God rolled upon them stones, he told Moses to bring them. Why? Why did he do that? He had to put some skin in the game. He held him accountable. If you remember in that passage of Scripture, I think it's in Exodus 34, God revealed to Moses how merciful and gracious and loving and long-suffering that he was. And Moses fell on flat of his face, even knowing that he wouldn't get to go into the promised land. He still wanted God's blessing upon him. And you know about the spies, ten of them come back. Well, we can't go over. They're too big for us. But there was two men named Joshua and Caleb that said, we can do it. You know something about Joshua and Caleb? They had to put up with them folk for 40 years, even though they were the ones that wanted to live. Your choice does affect other people, by the way. It does. But they crossed over. <laughs> Amen. And uh, I'd like to say a whole lot more like that. And you may be here today and you're even 80. You remember when Caleb was roughly 80 years old and in the fight there, you know what he said? He said, give me this mountain. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I don't care how old you are. That ain't an excuse either. Can I get a witness? Old mayor, amen. Who do you want to be? You know, Matthew 5, 1. Oh, I got a lot more, but I ain't, I'm, I'm about done. Can I give you five more minutes? Y'all all right with that? All y'all clock watchers, 
Uh, God's good. But I really want you to get this. If you go to Matthew 5, 1, you know there the Beatitudes and the blessings of God that pour out. He talked about them there. If you go to John chapter 4, you know when he said, I must go through Samaria. He met a woman at the well. You know that account. She's been married four or five times, living with a guy that she was with. She's a modern-day hooker is what she was. All right? I'm just going to state it like it is. That's what she was. She's a homebreaker. That's what she was. Jesus said, i got to go to her. He said, I'm not going to skip the opportunity. You knew it was God's will. But you remember in that conversation how it went. <laughs> I won't, for the sake of time, won't go through and quote all of it. I've really tried to familiarize myself with that, that scripture. But he said, if you drink of this water, you will not what? Ever thirst again. At the time... She had something different in mind, but guess what? She tasted of that water. And you know what's crazy about that story? The woman with the reputation that she had, if you remember when he was talking to the disciples, he says, look unto the harvest, the white of the fields. You remember that? That's because the town people were coming unto him. You know why the town people come unto him? That one woman with the reputation he had, God saved her. God set her free. God's blessing was upon her. She went in there. I met a man that told me all who I am. <laughs> Saved her. Set her free. And a woman who had no witness became a witness and the others come unto Jesus. I don't care what you've done, where you've been, or what you think you are. You turn on to God, God can use you. Amen? And I'm the water of life. When he fed the 5,000, remember that? His disciples had a little discussion. <laughs> what did he tell them? You know that manna from over there in the Old Testament that your forefathers ate? That was me. That was me, the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Then he added this. They shall never hunger and thirst. Talking about life. See, the choosing of life in Deuteronomy come to fruition in the New Testament in the life of Jesus. Then he said this. Remember the woman who was caught in adultery? Remember that passage? Boy, the townspeople, they were ready to stone her. They were trying to trap Jesus. Well, he sat down he wrote something in the sand that got their attention. Now, I got my own opinion on that. I ain't going to go into that. But they began to walk out. You remember that? And it was just her and Jesus. You remember what Jesus told her? <laughs> go thy way and the sins are forgiven and do no more. But you know what he said on down in the next couple of verses? I am the light of life. And in me there's no darkness. Listen to me this morning. Let Jesus have his way. Amen. Let him have his way. I got a lot more, but this will be the invitation. This would have been the last point. I'm not going to expound all of it. But I got to ask this question. Who will you be after this message today? That's the point. Remember in Acts, I think it was chapter 2, verse 40. He said, don't be like this generation that is toward, toward Jesus. It just turns off the truth. He said, I record you on then and there in Deuteronomy. I record you on this day that shall perish and be against you. And you listen to what I'm fixing to tell you. You may not believe it, but I believe it to be true. God's word, I don't care when it is presented or to whom presents it. You with me? It demands a response. 
Why? Because God's word is the authority. Amen. It is. And it demands, you know, you can turn it off. You can deny it. You can turn from, well, I'll do it next week. You can procrastinate, do whatever. But that don't change the fact that God had a word for us this morning. Amen. Now, I believe that with all my heart. And if he has a word for us, we're either going to respond or we're not. It ain't no black and white area in that, or gray area between the black and white. It's black and it's white. Amen. It is. It's up to you. Obedience and blessing can't be separated. They're inseparable. And that's what God teaches in his word. He loves obedience even above the sacrifice church. Love him, obey him, agree with him, stay loyal to him. Do those things. That is our choice. He ain't going to make us do that. He ain't going to wake us up to read his word. Or tell us. To, or he tells us, but he ain't going to make us pray before we go to bed. He ain't going to make us witness. He ain't going to make us do those things. But he gives us the opportunity and the privilege to do those things. Amen. And that's the part of choosing life. God's ways develops our relationship with him. We learn to love, help, pray, teach, witness. Boy, I got so much more. But God's will deliberately wards us. Y'all believe that? <laughs> Mark, I've learned something. As I have grown, a lot of people don't even know what the will of God is. And they go to church every Sunday. They think there's something far off out there that they need to share. Figure it all out. I'm going to tell you the easiest way to know God's will just obey it. Been working for me. I've stepped out of God's will.
what we do this May, this Sabbath, this year, with our Muslim cities, with the learning to be willing to learn it, to be more in our life, or we just turn it off and thank the Lord and grace of Him. And God, if there is someone here today that just needs to turn it back on you, God, I pray that you will do so. If there's someone here today that doesn't know you're Lord and Savior, and you're just glad to say you're fearless. Let's all stand.